Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Houston North. The Kadesh Family Church, Houston North, is part of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Many other things They all just turn 
Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name forever and evermore. Thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and Lord, we're grateful to you because it is of your mercies that we are not consumed. Father, where would we be if you had not been on our side? Thank you for preserving our lives. Thank you for keeping us, for, from, for delivering us from many evils. Things that we are not aware of, things that we have not seen, that we have not known. But we are kept by your power every day of our lives. We thank you, Lord. Bless the seed, bless the offering, bless what we have given today, and bless our lives. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. You are welcome to church this morning. Amen. One of the reasons why we come to church is so that we will know what to do. Amen. One of the reasons why you come to church as a Christian is so that you will not be clueless. What does God expect from you as a Christian? Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. What does it say? It says that he has shown thee, O man, what is good? And what doth the Lord require of thee? Amen. Amen. What does God require? So God has his expectations of you as his child. God has things that he wants to see. So the Bible says that God shows these things to us. Hallelujah. Now when you are a student in school, you can take a class and then there's what is expected of you, isn't it? That's why we have a syllabus that accompanies every class that you take so that you can know because you don't just want to be aimless in the class. So any good teacher will tell you exactly what you can expect to know, isn't it? At the end of the class, I know this because I used to teach. I used to teach at a community college in Colorado. I used to teach computer science and mathematics. All right, I was just looking at one of my I was teaching differential calculus. I was teaching the average rate of change of basic polynomial functions. I was teaching basic limits and continuity. I was teaching equations of tangent lines. I was teaching first derivatives of basic polynomial functions and graphical interpretation. So by the time you finish my class, that's what you're expected to know. One of the reasons why you also want to know these things is because you want to know what you'll be tested on at the end of the class. The lecturers that I like the best when I was in school is they'll say, these will be on the exam. These will be on the, on the exam. In fact, one of my best lecturers, he was called Professor Caesar. He actually told us that the questions he'd be working in class would be the questions on the exam. Isn't that easy? Passing exams made easy. <laughs> so all you needed to do was to show up in class. He said, what I'll be doing in class with you is what will be on the exam, all right? Why am I saying all this? You see, at the end of time, we are going to have an examination. Christians are going to have an, an examination. And then we are going to be tested, or certain things are going to be required or asked of us. And how can we know what those things are? We need to turn to our syllabus, amen. And our syllabus is the word of God. The syllabus for the Christian is the Bible. It's a good thing that you can know things ahead of time, isn't it? So that there are no surprises at the end. There are no surprises. I mean, it would have, it would have been a different thing if you showed up and say, well, God, this isn't fair because I didn't know. But God is laying it all out, you see. And he says, this is what I'm going to ask you on the exam and not this. So don't bother going to read about what? Polynomials. I'm going to limit the questions to quadratic functions and Factorization of quadratic functions. Don't go read about complex numbers, all right? Just read about rational numbers and natural numbers and real numbers. You understand? Not complex numbers. You understand the difference? <laughs> all right. So what I'm saying is, when you come to church, pay attention to what is being told you and to what is being said. Because at the end of time, God is going to ask us these questions. That's the only reason, one of the reasons why we come to church is to receive marching orders from God. God is telling you what to do. 
You see, God has the ability to go forward and to go backwards, and he can, the Bible, he can expand time and he can compress time. You see, we only go through time a second at a time. You know, but God can fast forward to the end of time. That's why one of his names is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So God can go all the way to the end, and then he can come back quickly. The Bible says that with God, a day can be like a thousand years. So the Bible didn't say it, but you can even say that with God, a day can be like a million years, a billion years. God can go as far into the future as he wants. He can go as far back to the past as he wants. That's why he's called the eternal God. One of the meanings of the word eternal means that there was never a time when God was not. There was never a time when God was not. God has always been. That's something that the human mind cannot easily understand and easily comprehend. Amen. So today I want to bring you a short message. <laughs> Four benefits of bearing fruit. Amen. Four benefits of bearing fruit. So you say, why do we hear things like bearing fruit? It is because it is an expectation of God. I can tell you so many things. But why don't I tell you about what God is expecting from you? Because one day he's going to come seeking fruit. All right? So don't say, well, my pastor never told me that you'd be looking for fruit. Because <laughs> when God comes, he's not going to be asking about your cars and about your job and about how much money you had in the bank. He's not. I don't think so. At least after church, you can show me the verse where the Bible says, and I come seeking your fortunes, and I come seeking your wardrobe, and I come seeking your fashion. And I come seeking what? Your fragrances. And I come seeking what? <laughs> I come seeking. Even he's not going to ask about beloved when he comes. <laughs> he goes, how many of you have beloveds? And how many of you don't have beloveds? He says, I come seeking fruit. Amen. So we'll look at benefits of bearing fruit. There are benefits to bearing fruit. Amen. So number one, bearing fruit proves that you are a real Christian. Amen. All right, a real. So it's sad that we even have to make a distinction between Christians who are real and Christians who are not real, isn't it? It is sad, but it is a reality, all right? Because sometimes the distinction is a little um, muddied, all right? So we are not talking about church members, but we are talking about real Christians, all right? A lot of people go to church but not everyone is necessarily a real Christian. And number one, they are not born again. They have not become Christians, as in they have not become children of God. They have not entrusted their lives to God. They have not asked God to come into their lives and to wash them and to forgive them and to make them brand new and to make them his children, isn't it? Once there was a patient, a lady in her young 20s, she went to the hospital, and she, had not, she hadn't yet had her... Um, menstruation. You know, it was abnormal, isn't it? So the doctors were wondering what could be wrong with her. So they went to investigate, and they found out that this woman was actually a man. <laughs> what does that mean? She had hidden, he had hidden reproductive organs. Do you understand it? Yeah. I don't understand it myself. <laughs> but I read about it, all right? But strangely, he grew up thinking he was a she. But they found out that she was not a she, but she was he. She was actually a man. So any medical person here, is that possible? Is that what it means? Okay, so she, he thought all along that he was a she, but he was a he. <laughs> so when the doctors came and said, we are here to tell you that you're actually a male, you're not a female, all right? So therefore, you cannot expect her to have her menstrual period. And therefore, because maybe at that time they were um, thinking about her not being able to have a child. But they said, don't worry. She is a he. So he cannot have a child. <laughs> you understand? So he looked like a lady. He probably even talked like a lady. All right? But was not a lady. All right? So some people look like Christians. They can even talk like Christians. They can mingle with Christians, but they are not real Christians. So how can we know who a real Christian is? Jesus gave us the answer, all right? 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20, Wherefore, by their fruit you will know them. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, look at the fruit they are producing. Look at the fruit they are bearing. And then you know what kind of person they are, isn't it? When you um, go a couple of verses um, earlier, you know, Jesus was actually talking about false prophets, all right? Prophets are great people, isn't it? They are powerful people. If you can have false prophets, it's like saying a false pastor, a false priest, a false evangelist. False, Jesus said, beware of false people. People who have an appearance of being something, but they are not really not, all right? And then, I guess to answer their question, so how can we know if someone is for real or not? And Jesus gave them the answer, didn't he? He said in verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you, but inwardly they are ravening wolves, verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. You will know them by the fruit that they bear. Do men gather grapes of thorns or fig? Can you give me the NIV? Let me read the NIV. You will know them by their fruits. By their fruits, you will recognize them. <laughs> Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruits. Or a bad tree does not bear fruit at all. <laughs> Likewise, every good tree, hey, what are you doing to me? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Okay, the next verse. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Mercy. All right. So one of the benefits of bearing fruit, the first benefit is that we can tell that you are for real, that you are a real Christian. Jesus said the way you can tell that someone is for real is by looking at the fruit that they are bearing. So my question to you is, as a Christian, are you bearing fruit? My question to myself is, am I bearing fruit? Because at the end of time, Jesus is going to come and ask, where is the fruit that you have borne? Amen. Yes. Yeah. So by your spiritual activity, we should have brought forth fruit, brought people to the Lord, and then discipled people. So if you look at your Christian life over a long period of time, and then you cannot say that you have been able to bring someone to the Lord. You see, because the fruit of the righteous, the Bible says, is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So fruit is about people, and it's about people coming to the Lord, and it's about people coming to the Lord through you. That is the fruit that Jesus is going to come seeking. Amen. So we all need to pause and ask ourselves, is it just coming to church that, because, you know, we check attendance. You know that we come to, we check attendance. <laughs> just like your teacher, anytime you think about the church, think about the classroom. Like, I was giving you the similarities between my classroom and church. You know, we have a syllabus, all right? The other thing is, God is not going to come and ask about the church attendance, per se. Pastors, sometimes we are interested in church attendance. How often you come to church? How often you come in the year? But God is not interested in that, per se. What he's interested in the most is whether you are bearing fruit. Amen. He didn't say you know them by their attendance. He said you're going to know them by the fruit that they are bearing. Amen. Yep. So we want real Christians who are interested in God. All right? Interested in God and genuinely interested in the things of God. Hallelujah. Yep. All right. So I want us to... I want to throw out a challenge. You no, know, I've heard about a lot of different challenges, isn't it? Like what challenge? Ice bucket challenge, was it? Sometimes there was an ice bucket. What was the ice bucket challenge about? Did you do it? Okay. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> and then what other challenges have there been? Huh? You eat an iPad. Tide, pod. You eat it to, 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 to wash out your stomach or what? <laughs> Crazy challenges, isn't it? But the challenge I want to throw out to you is the challenge to be 
a Christian outside of church. Amen. Because real Christianity happens outside of church. All right? Real, you know, I was thinking about it today, and I said to myself, most of what is said about Jesus was recorded outside of church. You know that? I mean, number one, we do know as a, for a fact that Jesus used to go to church. So the Bible says that he went to the synagogue as was his custom. So that one, we know he went to church. But we don't have a lot said about what actually happened when he went to church. For a lot of us, our Christian record, unfortunately, is just going to be about the few hours you spend in church. And after that, nothing will be said. But look at Jesus. Most of his Christianity was outside of church, isn't it? We should sing a song. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer, he cleansed the lepers. When people saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my God was doing good. Amen. So Jesus was on the move outside of church most of the time. So my challenge to you is, let my Christianity be manifested the most outside of church. Start thinking about that. Amen. So let's not let our Christianity be dormant outside of church. And then we make an appearance on Sunday morning. Let it be known. Let it be known more outside of church. Even more so than is known in church. Because when we come together, we say, oh, he's a Christian, she's a Christian, because we've all got together in church, isn't it? But I want people on the outside to say of you that you are a Christian because of what they see. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and give glory to your Father, which is in heaven. Amen. So whatever you do in church, do more of it outside of church. If you come to church to pray, I hope that you can pray more outside of church. If you come to church to worship, may you worship more out of church. Amen. Christabel, going to worship more outside of church. You get it? You should come to church. In fact, Shirley was saying you don't get enough time to worship in church, isn't it? You are sad, upset that we're not giving enough time to worship. If Shirley had her own, it would go on and on and on, isn't it? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> you should all be like Shirley. Who wants more? She said the time is not enough. Why do we pray so little? Why do we worship so little? Well, the good news is we have so much time outside. Amen. You see, well, I was thinking also about this, that when the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested, he was actually resting from the work he had done over the six days. There's, not, there's no rest if you haven't done anything. <laughs> so it's not like I'm just going to rest. What are you resting from? Some of you don't have anything to rest from. You haven't done anything. When I say done anything for God. So the work of God was being done for six days and then he rested on the seventh. Some of you should, don't deserve to come to church on Sunday. Because you have nothing to rest from. Go back out and go and get some work done. <laughs> All right? The fact that God worked six days and rested one day tells us what? That perhaps rest is more important. Sorry, working is more important than rest, isn't it? Because God spent a, whole, a lot more time. God could have said 50-50 split. But it was rather a ratio of what? Six to one. You should work six times as much as you rest. I'm not saying it. God said that's what he did. <laughs> so I just want to follow his example. Amen. So God is going to come seeking fruit. Church membership does not prove that we are genuine Christians at all. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Examine yourself. Christians should always be involved in self-examination. There's nothing wrong with asking yourself questions about yourself. Because the Bible says, that, well, you, how well am I doing as a child of God? The Bible says, examine yourself. It's better you, you, you examine yourself. Because if I come and examine you, you will not be happy. I will not be happy with the things that I find, perhaps. If you find those things about yourself and start taking steps to correct it, it will make things better. Amen. So let's be real. Let's be born again. And let's bear fruit as Christians. Amen. I said I'm going to give you four benefits. Number two, bearing fruit preserves your own kind in the church. Amen. Your own kind. So in the seventh chapter of Genesis, we read the story of Noah. He was going to enter the ark with his wife and his sons and their wives. And in addition to that, God said that he should take with him 
every kind of animal, isn't it? Why did God do that? Because God was interested in preservation. Hallelujah. God wanted to keep life going. All right? Genesis chapter 7 verse 3. Of fowls also of the air by seven. Um, a lot of times we say that Noah took how many of each animal into the ark? Nana. Two. It's true. It's also true that for some animals, God said that he should take seven. Yeah, seven pairs. First he said two, then he said there are some animals you need to take seven of. Yes, seven pairs. I mean, the birds in particular, because what happened when Noah stepped out of the ark was he was supposed to sacrifice some animals. Where are those animals going to come from? <laughs> he had to take extra. He had to take extra, extra for whatever, all right? But there's a version of the Bible says God wanted to preserve the species. Amen. There are 1.2 million different species of animals in the world today. You know that. So many different species. And God wanted to present, uh, preserve each distinct species of animals. All right? So God wants to preserve people just like you. God doesn't want people like you to die out of the church. So if you're a young person, God doesn't want an end to young people being in the church. That's why God is going to look up to you as a young person to bring other young people. Are you a mother? Who's busy? God doesn't want an end to mothers who are busy being in the church. God wants you to preserve your species. God wants you to preserve your own kind. All right? Do you know there are some species that have become extinct? Have you heard the expression dead as a dodo bird before? Tell, give me a picture of a dodo bird. <laughs> there used to be a bird called the dodo bird. Now a lot of animals are being killed off. A lot of, um, like for a lot, a lot of animal poaching, isn't it? Like elephants are being killed off. I, I don't know the numbers now, but it's very, very sad. One, they'll tell you that there used to be this uh, many thousands of, and then they've just, so have you seen this bird before? Have you seen this bird before? It's because it's extinct. That's why I say dead as a dodo bird. Somebody can later Google and find out when this bird ceased to exist. It's called the dodo, dodo bird. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Because they're, they're, they're um, I forgot the name of the animal. Recently, there was an animal that was believed to be the cause of the coronavirus. Pardon? Not a, well, there was a bat, but then there's another mammal. It's the only mammal that has scales. Again, you can Google and find it. Eh? Um, there's a mammal that has scales. So the Chinese started killing that animal off very, very quickly. And they were scared that that animal was also going to go extinct. All right? Um, when Ted finds it, he'll show it. I hadn't seen that animal before. It's the only mammal that has scales. All right? The only mammal that has scales. Yes, pangolin. Have you heard of that animal before? Neither had I. You think it's everything you know? Have you seen this animal before? It's called a pangolin. It's scales. It's, it's um, very highly priced and treasured. So they started killing it off because someone told them that this is what caused the coronavirus. <laughs> so I'm told they're just being killed in, the, in their droves. But what I'm saying is God wants to preserve your kind. Amen. Whatever kind you are, start to think about it. What am I like? I don't want my type to get finished in the church, all right? If I'm an older person, I want to see other old people in the church. If I'm a working person, I want to see other working people in church. If I am a nurse, I want to see other nurses in church. One interesting thing that happened with our church is when Bishop Dark started the church, he was a medical student, and then he, he became a medical doctor, all right? And there are a lot of medical people in the church. He was able to bring many fellow doctors and um, nurses along into the church because he was a medical person. So say, I will preserve my kind, I will preserve my kind. in the church. I will not let my type go extinct. All right. Emmanuel, what's your type? You're, you're a professional, well-paid professional. <laughs> so you want other well-paid professionals to be in church, isn't it? Eh? Maxwell, what's your type? Retired. So we want other retirees in the church. <laughs> All right. Who else? Kristen, what's your type? 
Young. All right. So what other young people, just like Christian in church, amen. All right. So the second benefit is to preserve our kind in the church, our own kind, amen. God was specific. I want every kind of animal to go into the ark with you, amen. Number three, bearing fruit will bring you joy, hallelujah. It will bring you much joy. Psalm 127 verses 3, and then verse 5 says, Psalm 137, verse 3. It will bring you joy. Bearing fruits will bring you joy. Psalm 127, 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward for, a reward from him. Amen. Verse 5. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Full of what? Full of children. Blessed, all right? Some versions say happy. Happy is the person who has, do you know what a quiver is? A quiver is for arrows, like bow and arrow. And you put your arrows in the quiver. So when you have a lot of um, arrows in your quiver, or in this case, the Bible says, when you have your quiver full of children, you are a happy person. They will not, um, they will not be Put to shame when they contend with their opponents in the court. Amen. So the Bible is saying that one thing that makes people happy is having children. Is that the case? All right. Children do not always come easily, isn't it? So as you ask yourself, why do women want to have more and more children? I'm not, I'm not a lady, but I'm told it's not easy to have a child, all right? I'm told it comes with a lot of agony sometimes. Sometimes it comes with a lot of shame. You are having to expose yourself to total strangers that you don't know. Sometimes you have to cut a lady open, isn't it? To get the child out. Mothers, clap for all mothers and all ladies. And Yes, it brings joy. But the, Jesus actually gave the reason. In John chapter 16. But why did they go through all of this? In other words, it's not easy. It's not easy to come... Um, Come by children sometimes, all right? John chapter 16, verse 21. But the Bible says, she remembereth, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Amen. She forgets about the anguish because she can be happy that a child has been born. Amen. With a lot of hard work, you are going to be fruitful. But there's going to be a payoff at the end. The Bible says being able to bring someone to the Lord will also bring you a lot of joy. A lot of joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain. There's a lot of pain involved with talking to people, isn't it? People sometimes will talk back to you in a very unkind way. They'll just um, blow you away. They'll just say, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear anything that you have to say. You, you suffer a lot of rejection, isn't it? A lot of rejection. People say very unkind things to you. But it says, but when the baby is born, you can forget about the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's a joy that only can be known to those who are born children and who have been fruitful. Hallelujah. Amen. And then finally, bearing fruit will cause you not to be ashamed on the day of judgment. Amen not to be ashamed on the day of judgment. One verse that is commonly um, inscribed on the tombstones of many people is from Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. What does it say? Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From now on, yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds do follow them. Amen. Amen. Their deeds do follow them. The Bible says that there's something that will follow you after you have left this world. What is going to follow you after you have left this world? Is it your car? Is it your clothes? What, what will not follow you? There was a man who used to live in the United Kingdom. He was moving to the United States. 
and he suddenly realized how many things couldn't follow him. All right, he was a doctor, I believe, and then he realized that his license in the United Kingdom would not work here. He'd have to, I don't know what he had to do. <laughs> I don't know what he had to recertify, whatever. So his, his, um, a lot of what he had couldn't be transferred over. It didn't apply. He'd probably have to come here and recertify, isn't it? He found out that he couldn't bring his car with him. Why couldn't he bring his car? Because in the UK, they drive on the left. So they have, no, they drive on, yeah, they drive on the left. So the car's, it's right-hand drive, is it? And he couldn't bring that car. He had to leave the car behind. He also found out he couldn't bring his appliances over. Why? The voltage is different. They use 220 volts. We use 110 volts. What else couldn't he bring a lot? He couldn't bring many, many things. So how much more from earth to heaven? <laughs> Even if, just yesterday, we're talking to someone who is thinking of transferring, you know, to a college in Texas. And she has done so much. And they said they're dropping all, they said out of her 64 credits, only nine will transfer over. <laughs> they said you are going to your third year, but you have to come and start all over again. She said, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> huh? Texas, why are you like that? Hmm? They said, only, only none of your credits will be transferred over, all right? So we do not want to be ashamed on the day of judgment. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is going to come seeking fruit. And when he comes seeking fruit, we want to make sure that we have something to show him. Hallelujah. What are our four benefits for bearing fruit? Number one. It proves that you are a real Christian. Amen. A real Christian. You will bear fruit. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Number two, bearing fruit preserves your own kind in the church. So what kind are you? Ask God that you, be, you see more of your kind in the church. You'll not be the only young pretty lady in church. You'll not be the only person from your country in church. We want to see more people from your country in church. We want to see more people with your qualifications in church. We want to see more people with your, in your profession in church, more of your kind. God said to Noah, I want every kind of animal preserved. That's why you need to take them into the ark. I want to preserve the species. Amen. Number three, bearing fruit brings you joy. There's going to be pain involved. There's going to be pain. There's going to be anguish. But... The Bible says that at the end of the day, because you have been able to bring a child into the world, or because you have been able to pray to God, that by the time 2020 is over, you will be able to point to somebody in church that you are responsible for coming to church. You understand? So that that will give you some personal joy of achieving something. Ask God that you will be able to do that. Point to somebody because Jesus said, I come seeking fruit. There's nothing else he's going to ask you for when he shows that what fruit do you have to show? And what fruit have you borne? Amen. And finally, bearing fruit will cause you not to be ashamed on the day, day of judgment. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Just talk to the Lord. You can clap if you want to clap. That's good. We thank you, Father, for your word. Thank God. Ask him to make you fruitful. Ask God that you take up the challenge of being fruitful outside of church. Ask God that you will be able to let your light so shine before men outside of church. Ask God that you be laboring and toiling six days as he did. Ask God that you will do what you do in church far more outside of church. All right? Ask God that your Christianity will play out more outside of church. Don't let your Christianity become dormant the moment you step outside the doors of this. So Jesus Everything recorded about him, just about everything that was recorded about him, was recorded outside of church. The many lives he touched, the many people he prayed for, the many people he healed, all the times he spent praying, it was outside of church. All the, even all the sermons he gave, the Bible says the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was actually preaching more outside of church, I believe, than in church. The sermons that are recorded, so how much preaching how much of the word of God comes out of your mouth when you're outside of church? 
just pray to God. The Bible says, examine yourselves whether you be in the Lord. And say, Father, if there's anything I want to see about myself, it is that I'm lining up my life with your word. The Bible says that, for he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee. Father, this is our prayer. Lord, this is our prayer in the name of Jesus. So We are praying, Lord, to you. Lord, we are praying to you. Make us fruitful Christians. Let us bear fruit. May our quiver be full of spiritual children, Lord. This is our prayer to you in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I want to sing a simple song just like this. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Let's sing it again in my life, Lord, be glorified. In my life, you can't expect apple from an orange tree maybe the reason why you're not bearing fruit is because you are not a real Christian but today God is welcoming you he has his arms wide open and he's saying come to me and I'll give you rest if you are here you want me to pray with you to become a Christian just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you that Jesus comes into your life and forgives you and washes all your sins away amen let's say Heavenly Father Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for showing us, showing us what is good, what is good, and what you require, what you require, what you expect, what you expect from us. From us. Our prayer, Lord, our prayer, Lord, is that you will not be disappointed, you will not be disappointed with us. May we be proud. May we be proud. Proud of us as your children. Proud of us as your children. May we live lives, we live lives that are worthy of you. That are worthy of. May we bring glory to you. Bring glory in to everything you. that we do. In everything that we do. Father, we pray. Father, we pray. That more and more. more and more. We'll be Christians. We'll be Christians. Outside. Outside. Of the walls of this church. Walls of this church. Let our light shine. Let our lives shine. At our workplaces. At our workplaces. At our homes. At our homes. In the company of our friends. The company of our friends. May they see our good works. May they see our. Good May they works. hear the things that we have to say about you. May they see the things that. So we that have they can give you glory. So that they can give you. This glory. is our prayer, Lord. This is our prayer. In Lord. Jesus' name. In Jesus. Name. Amen. Amen. May we see that.
There are three that bear record in heaven. A father, the word, and the Holy Ghost. These are the three powers. And there are three that have bear witness on earth. The blood, hmm? the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So these three powers are working here. How many know that there are powers here? There are evil powers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There are powers here. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Powers. So we are also having three powers that are working here. The spirit. So today we are about to deploy the power of the blood against the powers. I give you power against the power of the enemy. So today as we take the blood, the body and the blood, we invoke these powers that are in the air against the powers of the enemy. Stand to your feet. Father, thank you for the bread that is given to every standing place. As we partake Jesus died for us and so we shall not die prematurely. Except is determined by you we cannot go out of this world. Thank you for the time that we have here. We receive the broken body and we receive healing from top to toe. We are crossing 70 with ease. Not by might or by power but by my spirit. Thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. Whatever represents a mistake in your life, by this. Father, we thank you. We declare this to be the blood of Jesus. As we receive it, whatever represents a mistake or a sin, it is cleansed out of our system. The blood of Jesus works as a force and a power in the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. Let this power drive out any power that is in us. That is contrary to God and to his word. The blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for the blessing. Now may the Lord bless you with good fathers. May the Lord bless you with blessings that counteract the curses that are working. Whatever represents a curse in your life that is rising slowly by the blood of the Lamb, by the power of the blessing of God, we drive it back. In the name of Jesus! In the name of Jesus! Let victory come into the hands of your children. Power against power. I place that power in their hands now. Anything that represents a fast snake. I see something like a fast snake. Like it's fast. And it's moving around you. In the name of Jesus, I command the snake to die. Anything that is too fast for you, escaping you every time, wriggling around, escaping capture, escaping imprisonment, today marks the end of that snake in your life in Jesus' name. Whatever represents a liar, in your life. Let the liar be cursed in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents a deceiver, let the deceiver be cursed in your life. 
whatever represents darkness in your life that when you look you only see black and dark let light shine in that darkness now in the name of Jesus whatever represents a dark shadow of Lucifer that old dragon let it be cast out of your life in the name of Jesus beginning from now you are out of the mud your feet are on a rock you are permanent you are established you are victorious you have the upper hand now I lift up my hand with your hand against the enemy in any battle that you face I say the outcome is certain you are the winner of the battle in the name of Jesus you are declared the winner of every battle in the name of Jesus whatever seems to have toppled you capsized you overturned you I speak a divine turn around receive a divine turn around receive a divine turn around it shall be said of you I say it shall be said of you we have seen strange things today it shall be said of your moves and your strides and your achievements and the things that you lay your hands to do it shall be said of you we have seen strange things today I declare that your name I see a pen writing your name you'll be listed among those that command attention in the system receive it in the name of Jesus we hope you have been blessed come join us for any of our services contact us on our social media handles at QFC Houston North speak the word speak the word speak the word